Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. With everything we've been through in the last year, it is more important than ever that we care for our mental and emotional health. I've actually been using BetterHelp for a few years, and I found it really beneficial and also convenient with my hectic schedule. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line or self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log on to your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash Sean. That's betterhelp.com slash Sean and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Sean L. Show listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Sean. I'll put a link in my Instagram bio. Hello and welcome to the Sean L. Show, intimate conversations about music, sex, and life in New York City. My guest today is a bona fide superstar, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 8, has released two incredible stand-up comedy specials, is the star of HBO's Emmy-nominated show, We Are Here, host of the Pit Stop and the podcast Sibling Rivalry with Monet Exchange. Welcome to the podcast, Purse First, Bob the Drag Queen. Hello. Well, I guess I, I have a hard time with bona fide superstar. I mean, I've recently accepted <laughs> the term celebrity. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes sense. The term celebrity does fit. But I mean, I feel like Beyonce is a, a certified superstar. But you know what? I'll take it. I think I think you're on your way to Beyonce level. Uh, you know what, Sean? I'll take it. Why not? <laughs> you know what? I think, though, in our community, in the queer community, I really do think you are a superstar. I think that uh, a lot of people really admire and look up to you for the work that you've done, both as an entertainer as an, and as an advocate. So I think you should embrace it. I, listen, I said I'll take it. I'm not going to fight you on it. You're going to get no pushback from me. I love it. I love it. Are you um, here in New York City? I had this. I don't know why I feel like. Did you move to L.A.? I don't know why I think that. I did move to L.A. Yeah, I lived in New York City for um, 12 years, and I moved to L.A. a couple of months ago. Oh, my God. How are you liking it out there? It's fine so far. I mean, uh, there's I have, I have friends here, which is nice. Yeah. But I've been I've been mostly working. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I'm having a typical LA experience because of the amount of time that I'm spending indoors. And I'm mm -hmm. also 
as a New Yorker, I'm really not an outdoors person. I wasn't one of those New Yorkers who was like walking down at the uh, uh, at the Chelsea Piers. You know, I was one of those <laughs> right. who kind of stayed in their homes and only came out at night. Right, right. Um, so do you have like a car and stuff now? I don't have a driver's license. I am oh. really a New Yorker. I'm like, I'm like a yeah. real New Yorker. I have no license. I am. I take Ubers everywhere here. Yeah. So. Oh my God. That is so crazy. Okay. So this podcast is about music and sex. So the icebreaker that I always start off with is what are you listening to right now? What is in your headphones? What are your favorite jams? Oh, I guess the last thing I was listening to was uh, uh, today I was listening to CeeLo Green's Christmas album. Okay. On my way to the post office. Yes. Um, but I don't really bop that much Christmas music. But for some reason, I was in the mood for today on the way to the post office. Yeah. Oh, I love and that. And I've also been listening to Erica Badu okay. uh, a lot lately. Uh, she had Diamond. I always listen to She had Diamond. She had a great, some great Christmas songs in The Merriest Christmas. Or what was that movie? The Merry... The, the Mar- I don't know. The movie with, with, with Dan Levy. Oh, and- that was, yeah, that movie was wild. The, I it think it's like The, the Merriest Season? The Is- Happiest Holiday, The Merriest <laughs> Christmas. It was, it was the blankiest something that was holiday. The worst me. lesbian girlfriend. <laughs> like, yeah. shoot. I didn't, I didn't see it. Everyone told me about it. I actually auditioned. I never told I, Oh, here's a scoop I never mentioned. Yeah, I was, tell I was me. Auditioning. I auditioned for that Dan Levy role, and, and I got like a little far, and then they, then they cut me loose. Oh, I think you would have really added something to that movie. It's funny. There's like three gay Christmas movies out this year. And I of co- I will like gobble up any gay content that you provide me. I love <laughs> I love gay content. Gobbling up the gays. Yeah. And uh, they were all really bad. And two of them had like the same exact storyline. It was very... I mean, well, I mean, I think that in general, holiday movies are not known for being great. There's like what I think... If I ask you to name all the good holiday movies right now, you could probably name six. And they have been coming out every year since the, like, 60s. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. The two that I uh, can never do without um, is uh, The Christmas Story, Shoot Your Eye Out. I love that one. And um, The Preacher's Wife with Whitney Houston. I'm such a Whitney stan, so... I would have said The Christmas Story, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's a good one. Elf, um, and then I'm run, running some blanks there. Yeah, Elf, that and I specifically mean the Jim. I mean both renditions of of the Grinch are great, but yeah. the Jim Carrey rendition is particularly great. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So on the note of music, who were the divas when you were growing up uh, that were your biggest inspirations? Like who, um, you know, are you modeled after anyone? You don't seem to be, but is are there little hints of inspiration in there from any like iconic divas that you stand growing up? Yeah, maybe not singing divas. I mean, I I actually didn't grow up listening to a bunch of like divas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listened to Aretha Franklin because my mom listened to her, mm-hmm. and I listened to I had a share phase in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was listening to like Puff Daddy, Biggie Smalls, DeBrat, Mason Betha. Um, I was listening to Salt and Pepper, um, but I was—I mean—and I, of course, knew like my love for like Mariah and Whitney and Madonna and Cher and Celine. That mostly came in my my twenties. Okay. Uh, and as a kid, I loved like Whoopi Goldberg and Carol Channing and uh, 
um, like a lot of funny ladies. The, the comedy icons for you. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so I want to talk about We're Here because it's an incredible show and I think that it meant so much to me because I watched it. It came out during COVID. So it, it I would have watched it anyway, but it was like, oh my God, we have something to look forward to. Because HBO is one of the few channels, unless you're watching regular cable, that puts like an episode out a week. And my roommate yeah. and I would be like, we're here is on tonight because there was nothing to look forward to in that March, April time frame. I think is when it was coming out. And so we would get yeah. so excited. It was like, we would look forward to we're here and RuPaul's drag race because it was like the really dark times of COVID. We've almost gotten used to COVID now. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, that was a, that was a really remarkable time. And I remember, um, being really distraught, but then getting myself together because thinking to myself, well, I got to think about, the grand scheme of things. I was kind of upset because I I wasn't able to go to the Emmy Awards. We got nominated for an Emmy and I wasn't yes. able to go. And I was like, this is my first time like going to the Emmys and like, this is crazy. But then I, it, it just ended up kind of being whatever, like whatever, <laughs> which, is, which is what it is. You know, you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. And I, I would still consider that a win regardless. Yeah. I, I think you'll be nominated for an Emmy again. I have a feeling. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope the show is nominated again. It'd be yeah. great if the show is nominated again. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, so in major cities and in queer communities, you are Bob the Drag Queen. Like I said earlier, you you are a celebrity. You have a great reputation. But in these places where you visit in We're Here – they don't necessarily all know who you are. Like, it's funny because you see people with their camera phones and you're like, okay, they either just think this is unusual or they know exactly who that is. And then there's other people that are looking at you crazy. And I was watching you guys and I was thinking like, were you like nervous at any point? Like, I know that sounds silly because you have HBO and you have the whole crew and everything like that. But like, I was like weirdly nervous for you because I think of myself going into those communities. Like yeah. I would be a little bit like... I don't want to be here right now. Well, being a gay celebrity is interesting because you can sell out a large venue. And then if you leave the venue and turn the corner, no one knows who you are. Right. And that's not just, that's New York City. That is Los Angeles. That is Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. That is Andalusia, Alabama. That is Denver, Colorado. Um, so for me, it's always been, um, that, that isn't, it, I'm, I'm used to people not knowing who I am because you, the people who follow me know who I am and everyone else kind of like, who the hell is this guy? And, or, or like, I've had people walk up to me on the street and like freak out and be like, oh my God, and ask for a picture. And then someone else would be like, am I supposed to know you? And I'd be like, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You, you're not supposed to know. You're, you're like, good. I don't want to entertain you. Like, you don't I'm, need but, to know. Well, me. also, it, it'd, be me, it'd be me being like, my name is Bob. I was on a TV show. It was the show. It was called RuPaul's Drag Race. Huh? It was called RuPaul's Drag Race. I've, I've never heard of that. Did you, did you do anything else? Yeah, I was on a show called We're Here. What? It's called We're Here. It's on HBO. No, I never heard of that either. Do, do you, do you, are you, do you know, um, do you know RuPaul? And I said, well, I was on RuPaul's Drag Race. What? I mean, it's literally that. So I'm just like, <laughs> I usually just go, no, you probably don't. You're, you're not supposed to know me. That's, that's just, that's easier than me being like, well, you know what I mean? That sounds truly awful. <laughs> I got I, I, not guys, this lady at the airport at, this, at the airport in San Francisco one time I walked up and she was like, 
do I know you? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And she was like, are you from TV? And I was like, I've, I've been on TV. I'm not, for, for, are you from TV? Like it's a town. Right. Are you, <laughs> I said, I've been on TV. Are you, and she goes, are you who I think you are? And I was like, I, I don't know who you think I am. Yeah. And she's like, just tell me, are you? And I was like, I, if you tell me who you think I am, I can tell you if I'm the person that you think I am. Yeah. And then she was like, Miss J from Project Runway. And I was oh. like, no, that's not. <laughs> You don't know me. I'm, I'm absolutely not Miss J. And they go, no, 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 I know. Sorry, you're uh, Titus from Kimmy Schmidt. And I was like, no, also, also no. Right, right. Also no. Oh, my God. I don't, you might look a little like Titus, but I don't think you look at all like Miss J. Right? It's well, weird, I right? see a tall, dark-skinned black guy Miss <laughs> J. Miss like, J. I've seen also, it. Miss J oh. also yeah. in her 60s. Really? Yeah, she's like 62. I'm 34. I'm like, me and Miss J are not. We're just not the same age. Miss J looks great then. I saw Miss J at at an event recently. Miss J does absolutely 62. She looks great for 62. But also, I'm not 62. Correct. That is correct. (laughs) As a total side note, I'm just not 62 years old. Just just not 62. Um, So you're visiting these towns. Um, oh, and where I mean, to be fair, I probably will not look as good as Miss J when I'm 62, <laughs> but but right now I'm 34. It's okay because <laughs> I I also won't look as good as Miss J when I'm 62. Um, so visiting these towns, back to sort of the idea of like, do, did any of you ever feel nervous, even if not you guys, the main cast? Um, even the crew, like there's scenes in multiple towns where there's Confederate flags everywhere giant confederate flags which to me like when i see a confederate flag it feels the same way as like when i see a swastika like i don't understand well i guess i understand it but like why that just hasn't been outlawed in our country like it's so archaic and it's people i mean that's a whole other conversation but going to these places and seeing are you are you jewish I'm not, but I'm. I was. It probably doesn't feel the same as seeing this. For absolutely no, I'm for sure, sure, for sure. Yeah. I think that for me, whenever I see a Confederate flag, and, and bear in mind, I'm from the South. Yeah. And so is Shangela, so is Eureka. So Confederate flags are not new to me. Right. Um, I have lived out of the South for the past um, maybe 13 years now, um, but there is there is a certain. Um, you know, idea that comes with seeing the Confederate flag is an understanding that you have about the person, which may or may not be right. right. What do I know? But it certainly sends off a signal to the person who's receiving the flag um, that this person might not have political views that are in line with your own. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I never felt completely uncomfortable because it wasn't my first time in those situations. I also had, there was, we, we're not, we're, there's not a small team following us around. It's not, it's right. not like, it's not like like one person with a camera. It's not right. Valerie Cheris walking around on, <laughs> on you know, the, the set of the comeback. That's or, my or favorite of, show. I love that yeah, show. It's not Valerie Cheris on the set of Room and Board. It is right. Shangela, Eureka, and uh, Bob with about 40 people. Yeah. So no, I mean, the only time I ever felt uncomfortable was when they, when they when they were like, we're calling the cops. Which you got the cops calling us a few times. Yeah. When they called the cops, I certainly didn't stick around to see what the cops were going to do when they, sh- when, <laughs> when they showed up. Right, right. Yeah, it's wild that they would even call the cops because it's not as though you were like disturbing the peace or anything it just it it just those scenes were wild i think they're important for people to see um yeah for sure um 
So what was it like? You talked a little bit about the Emmys, but what was it like having this show come out in the midst of COVID? Because I know for us, it was like such a blessing to have something to look forward to while we were literally watching the news and wondering what the hell was going to become of our lives. Um, what did it feel like for you to have this big career achievement and then it hits at the same time as like a plague? Well, I guess it's a double-edged sword. I mean, maybe it helped views, but also at the same time, like, we didn't do any of the stuff. We didn't do any press. And we did press but from our homes. Right. We didn't go sit on the couch with Ellen or, or you know, uh, Jimmy Fallon or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we, 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 like, South by Southwest got canceled. We were going to debut at South by Southwest. Um, and it just, it, honestly, it felt right in line with, 2020 like it didn't feel out of place it felt like yeah of course of course this is happening like why wouldn't this happen right exactly do you keep in touch with any of your contributors from the show i i re-watched it today ahead of this interview and i was thinking of mike lucid dreams with his grandpa like they're oh, yeah. so cute and i was like gosh i hope his grandpa's okay with covid and everything going on yeah, well, I you know I talked the most to Lady Shug and Nate mm-hmm. from Farmington. Also, mm-hmm. Daryl from Gettysburg reaches out a lot, and we we chat every once in a while. Um, but outside of that, I don't have a, a whole lot of you know those people have lives before we got there, and, right? And full of people and things, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And once in a while, me and Tanner from uh, Branson will also. Um, DM as well. How is Tanner doing? Because that was a very interesting story arc. Yeah, Tanner's got a really interesting. Uh, I mean, Tanner is Tanner. Um, Tanner came back out again, yeah. uh, out of the closet again, um, and was living as a queer person. And then I think Tanner may have experienced a little bit of heartbreak. Like his Instagram is a whole journey. Like his Instagram has like a full journey. Right. And now he's now he's really into yoga. So okay. if you go to Tanner's Instagram now, it's just a lot of yoga. Okay, from Jesus to yoga, or yeah. or Jesus yoga. <laughs> I think Jesus is always going to be part of Tanner's story. Yeah, I thought that you took a very respectful approach with him. I, as a viewer, I sort of wanted you to push him a little harder, almost on the Christian stuff because it was. It felt like he was almost blaming being gay on, or blaming his his sort of problems in his life on being gay. And I, I wanted to shake him out of that. And I'm glad he got there. Um, even though you well, were you gentle know, with him. I, the reason why I was more gentle with him was because his story is not completely unfamiliar to me. Uh, right. I have, I've, I've had escape people in my family and, um, you know, if you normally, if you challenge someone, if you go up against someone in their faith, you're going to lose every time. Like it's, it's not a, that's not a battle. You're going to, you're going to win. Going against someone in faith, you know? Yeah, that's wisdom that you yeah. <laughs> that you already realize that. If, you so. go against, if I go against you and your faith, yep. I, I know I'm going to lose. And then I'll just lose you completely. Right. Well, that that's was, why it's, it's yeah. kind of like whenever my friend, if I don't like my friend's boyfriends, I don't say anything. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm, because you're going to, I'm going to lose you. And then the boyfriend who I think is shitty, they're going to break up with you too down the line. And then you're going to have lost both of us. So I do not tell my friends, like, I don't like your man. I just go, oh, okay, well, hi. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet your new boyfriend. But yeah. girl, I am not in the business of trying to, you know, wedge between people and their whatever, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's the right way to do it. I try to take that approach as well. I don't want to, because it, oh, it never goes well. You think you're doing something like altruistic by getting involved, but you just got to mind your own business, I think. Mind your fucking business, yeah. girl. Mind your fucking business, yeah. because you're, you're going to lose the one you love. You keep trying to, you've seen it all. You, you've probably seen it with friends. Some yeah. guy, someone's like, he's horrible. They're like, he's amazing. Yeah. But then if you sit back and let them do their thing, then whatever will be, will be. And also, there's yeah. a chance that you're wrong. Maybe you're fucking wrong. Right. Yeah. And we don't know what what goes on when they're alone like it could be you know great maybe they're just annoying to me <laughs> i mean i'm usually right yeah <laughs> me too but i don't say, but I don't say anything <laughs> me too um can you talk about your experience in episode four in uh farmington um with miss shug and learning about more about like the navajo culture and um like their take on gender because i thought that that was really interesting as well yeah, so uh, the time I spent with Lady Shug and Nate and um, lots of other amazing Diné people it was really beautiful. I mean, they really accepted me and came together as a community. And it was really shocking to me to see like how far uh, Lady Shug and her friends go to spend time together. Mm-hmm. And also what Lady Shug does for non-binary and, and two-spirit people mm-hmm. is she's an icon. Like, if you don't follow Lady Shug on Instagram, you are missing out. Yeah. Yeah, because um, you also identify as non-binary, and you're you still go by the pronouns he, him, and she, her, right? Do I have that? Yeah. Um, yeah. T- can you talk about your decision to keep those pronouns and not introduce they, them? Because I think we see that a lot with non-binary people. You want to talk about pronouns? Let's talk about pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there is a thing. Uh, okay, there's, you know, gender expression, right? gender identity, yep. sexual orientation, yep. pronouns. Yep. These are all different things, right? right. Um, and I can see how that's a really hard concept to grasp yep. for someone who just is not familiar with the terminology. Yep. But the reason why I say non-binary is because, you know, my gender expression and gender uh, identity is really is fluid based on what I'm doing, where I'm at, how I'm feeling in that moment. Um, when I realized that I I did have a feminine identity dwelling within myself that was outside of a performative nature. Right. You know, it wasn't necessarily just me being like, I'm Bob the drag queen. And sometimes when I'm Bob, I feel butch as hell. Right, um, right. And I mean... I, I can I can understand why it's confusing to people, but I also but what I can't understand is why it's any of anyone's business. Like people are obsessed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like girl, geez, get a hobby or something. <laughs> I think it's because it's relatively new. People, it's like a hot topic right now, so people kind of hit on that. Um, but thank you for explaining I, there, it. I appreciate it. There's an interesting internet uh, slash reality TV personality. Their name is Rolling Ray. Now, Rolling Ray is, um, he's this guy in a wheelchair, and he is really saucy and gay. He was on uh, an episode of Catfish, I believe, and an episode oh, wow. of um, The People's Court or one of those court shows. He's making and, the rounds. <laughs> and, yeah, his name is Rolling Ray. He rolls around. And he and his friends call each other she and her. That's pretty common amongst in black queer culture. Yeah. They'll all she and her, their friends, and talking. It's not necessarily just a playful thing. It's just the way they refer to each other, despite the fact they identify as men. They will she and her each other. So that's one of the instances where pronouns can be situational. And 
Um, and, and it doesn't have anything to do with your gender identity. You, you are they, a lot of these people still identify as men, but they the but pronouns are situational for a lot of people. Right. I think that I find it so interesting too because when I hear folks describe how they feel as non-binary, I feel like yep, I I feel that too. But I don't feel like I want to identify as non-binary because it feels like a lot of work doing the explaining. <laughs> so I just am like I I, I find it really interesting um cuz I I'm like I'm just going to just be me and like you know what i'm saying um because yeah, there is sort I, of a lot of explaining it, right it's, it's a lot easier to just be like you know what i'm just a man who does girly stuff right, right. And <laughs> it, for other people who aren't you it just it's easier for them it's right. just easier but that's the point it's easier for them right right but then it makes it easier for you because you don't want to have to explain explain it right existence all the time right exactly like how exhausting exactly explaining why you exist right right exactly like right now I just asked you about your pronouns which, which is fine by the way yeah. and it, it, it's one thing in an interview it's something yeah. else in, you know on the street in the line of the grocery store right right exactly all right i want to talk about your comedy specials because they are phenomenal the new one is called live at caroline's it was taped and released in pre-covid times so it's a a fun nostalgia trip to watch that and see everybody in caroline's enjoying themselves in new york city without masks and just having a good time so i have to recommend that um did you self-produce that one? Because I know that your previous one, you produced it and then sold it, which I thought was so uh, amazing and enterprising that you you were just like, I'm going to do this myself and somebody's going to buy it. And somebody did. And I love that. Yeah, I, I did self-produce this one as well. And it's one of those things where like the the value of drag artists specifically is really not seen by a lot of the mainstream media, mm-hmm. despite how many followers we have, how many tickets we sell, how many people we connect with, how many people are, like really feature us and understand what we're saying. And but for some reason, the mainstream media they're like this, like no, like it's really interesting to see people who have maybe less of a following or less of a structure or whatever than I do, and they'll get specials on like Netflix and Hulu and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but there's like no drag artists getting these deals. And there are some really insanely hilarious drag stand-up comedians, but none of us have been offered a, a nice like deal for one of our specials yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that just is what it is. Like, it's just, that's the way it's going to be. I think my specials are really funny. I'm very proud of my second specials. I'm, I'm proud of them both. And I produced yeah. them both myself. My, my management team was able to sell them both for me. Um, but because I'm a drag artist, quite frankly, I think I should have gotten way more money than I got for them because I was only able to sell them to queer outlets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. They were, they were. And, the... and as we know, queer outlets don't have a, the most money because they have a smaller audience. Right. Exactly. They both were hilarious. So I would encourage people to check them out. Live at Caroline's is on Amazon, right? Yeah, well, it's for sale on Amazon. So you, you, uh, Bob the Drag Queen Live at Caroline's is available anywhere movies are sold. Amazon, iTunes, you have to buy it. 
and uh, Suspiciously Large Woman, my first special, is available on Amazon Prime. Yeah, to stream. I found uh, the the most recent one live at Caroline's. It was it was fun because it's very New York. There's a lot of bits oh, that you do New about New York, and so my New York heart was like just dying of laughter and just feeling really good because especially after the year we've had, it's just I love to celebrate New York even when we're laughing at it. it was, oh, it's just so. And so that you was great. One, if you're listening, like it's not, you don't have to be a drag queen to get the humor. It's not the no, joke. Not isn't about, the joke isn't about me being in a dress. That's not what the joke is. Right. Uh, the jokes are more about my life and being a New Yorker and being raised with a with a Southern black mom. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was excellent. I love the behind the scenes before and after that you do as well. You do that on both specials, and I thought it was really great. Sort of, Thank you. My, my mom is featured in almost everything I do. Yeah. Martha Caldwell is a big part of my life, so I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Which brings me to the, the next question. In Suspiciously Large Woman, you feature your family a lot. How has your family changed, your family dynamics changed since being on Drag Race? That's kind of like a before and after. And sort of since that, that special filmed. Because I remember like your dad was there and that was like a really big deal, like a first time. Um how are things with your family now that you're you've become even more successful? Well, you know, I, I want to make it clear that my uh, my mother and my father are not together. So right. they, when I call my mom, my dad's not in the background going, "Hey, son." Right, <laughs> that's right. Not, that's not how that goes. Yeah. Um, and you know, me and my mom are since drag race. Me and my mom are a lot closer because I'm able to go home more. Before I could never miss a show. Like right. when you're a drag queen, you don't really have an understudy. You just have to do your shows, six, like eight shows a week. I mean, yeah. uh, that's what I was doing anyway, and that everyone does it. That's what I was doing. That was my schedule. And me and my father, we we've never been terribly close. And he came to my show, um, which I don't think he was going to make it to be honest. And he he hasn't been to one of my shows since then. That was the last show he came to. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm sorry I didn't have a great uh, report card to give you. <laughs> now we throw, we, we we play catch in the yard. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be a blatant lie. Yeah. Uh, but my father is, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't talk a lot, but we, we've never really talked a lot. He just kind of comes in and out of my life, uh, yeah. kind of like randomly here and there. And I guess when I was filming that special, happened to be one of the moments he was in it. Right, right, yeah. I think it's interesting to to just see how people's dynamics change after fame and if, if they change at all. Um, well, my dynamic, my dynamic with my father has not changed. It's been about the same for thirty four years, and maybe maybe in the next thirty four years, like something something you know will will pop up. Right, right. So while we're in this pandemic, I need to ask you. I think I know the answer, but I don't want to assume anything. Are you seeing anyone special right now? Are you are you dating? Well, what what do you think the answer is? I'm I intrigued. think I think so because I I was listening to you on some other podcasts, but you, every day is a new day. So I, <laughs> well, well, I what I want to know what you think, and I'll tell you what the truth is. I'm very. Um, interested. I think you have two partners right now, and I think one of them is in LA with you, and one is long distance. And but, uh, so I have two partners, yeah. Jacob and Ezra, and um, yeah. all of us live here in LA. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, and you guys are, you guys are open, right? Is that, yeah. And they don't spread love, spread love. (laughs) I love that. Listen, Um, everyone spread love, not COVID. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. And don't spread COVID while you're spreading love. Yeah. (laughs) 
get tested. That's it. That's taking on a whole new meaning these days, huh? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's how actually I found out I had COVID. I was going for my Truvada. You know how they make you go like every three months. I yeah. just added an antibodies test <laughs> to my Truvada test. Oh my and they were God. Like, yep, you're positive for the antibodies. So you definitely had it. Um, but it's <laughs> did, so... you, did you have, were you, were you asymptomatic? No, I knew I had it. I knew I had it, but oh, it was you, in you... March. So there was no tests. <laughs> like yeah. it just was. Yeah, like... I got it back in February when there were no tests. I got wow. it back when I, and I went to the, um, to or what do you call it the uh the urgent care okay it was back in february mary yeah. so there were really no tests and yeah. they just they just test you for everything else right back in the day they would test you for a strep throat and for the flu and if you didn't have it they were like you probably have it yeah that's wild were you on tour or were you at home Rich Spartanburg, um, North Carolina at the time. Wow. That is filming the last episode of We're Here, which got shut down. That is so wild. Yeah, that last episode, are you, in season two, will you guys go back to that town and sort of pick up where I you left so. off? Yeah. I really, really hope so. It'd be nice. Yeah. It as a viewer, like my roommates and I were all like, Oh my god, those people. <laughs> They're just abandoned. But it was so wild because think about like if I did have to go back and like fit back into the clothes I was wearing on that episode, I can't like I've gained like forty pounds during COVID. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Just start with new clothes. We all know what it is. We all we, we all have making outfits. So there was an outfit that got made for there that I was supposed to wear like this the morning we got shut down. Yeah. I I was gonna put on this outfit. Yeah. And I never even wore it. Oh, yeah. It was it was abrupt as a viewer. And it was nice that you guys did sort of the documentary about yourselves. So we had like some finality, but I felt bad for the contributors in that city because we were like, oh, I hope that they go back at some point. I hope so. They were really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I miss I miss Big Mama. Yeah. So while you're dating, have you tried anything new during uh, during quarantine? Like we're all so bored. Have you been like, uh, let's try a new kink? Like how are you keep how are you staying entertained? <laughs> Sean, I didn't know this was a kinky podcast. I it, thought we were this this is the kinkiest podcast, Bob. It's about music and sex. So we talk about our divas and then Word. we talk about our fucking. And I know you love to talk about fucking. Don't even <laughs> I pretend. Do. I love talking about um, Well, I I, I, I maybe explored some new kinks here and there, a little bit of uh, bondage and role play, but yeah. not really much besides that. I mean, I, I don't want to um, uh, give off the, the I don't want to insinuate that I would have a, um, what's that kink website? What is it called? I don't know. There's a lot of them. There's just like a hookup kink website and it's like called oh, like. Oh, uh, Recon. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to yeah. give off the vibe that I would have a recon profile because that's just not true. I'm not that kinky. We're not um, going to find Bob on recon. Okay. Yeah. And if I was on recon, I'd, I'd be like the most vanilla motherfucker on recon. I'd be uh, like, Mary, this is not your crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What about you? Are you? Have you done any new kinks during COVID? I, I haven't. I, I, Are you seeing anyone? I'm not. I'm single. I'm single. I need your help to find uh, somebody to fuck on a regular basis. What are you into? <laughs> um, everything. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Sean, I'm DTF. Me, this is what I say on um, on Grinder when someone says, "Cause it, oh, let me talk. Let's talk about Grinder etiquette. Yeah. Hookup culture. Hookup app etiquette. Yeah. I am a firm believer in before you. I'm a firm believer in sending any picture you ask for. 
Yeah. I'm a firm believer in answering any question you ask before you ask it. Yeah. So I would always say, hey, I'm just sitting at home and I'm looking for fun. What are you up to? Yeah. I'll say, hey, I'm this, this, and I'm looking for this, this, and this. What are you looking for? Nothing's worse than someone who asks, but is not offering anything. That's the, <laughs> that's the worst person on the app. That's the that's, one that we all hate. That's me. I, that's <laughs> is that you, Sean? You have, to, you have to tell. You know what? It, what you're doing is you're trying to cater your answer to what they're saying because you're trying to be sneaky and sly. But if you just say what you want up front, I feel like you're going to have a, you're going to yield a higher return. It's true, but I usually I'm not like a a hunter where I go on. Sometimes I I'm like really looking for one thing. I'm like I really want to fuck tonight. But for the most part, I'm like if you're hot, I'm kind of like what are you into? Like I kind it's of do volley it back because I'm versed and I'm open to a lot of different things. So I kind of am like you know choose your own adventure. Like I don't. So it's I I do mean it. I kind of do mean it. Unless well, I am like really in the mood to top or really in the mood to bottom, and then I'll I'll filter it. But otherwise, I'm kind of like, all right, what's up? Well, that's not what the definition of being into anything. Like I'm open to everything. Like if you say I'm open to everything, and the guy comes over, you know, slaps you in the face and starts pissing on you while you're wearing your clothes, you'll be like, I didn't mean that. And he'll be like, Well, you said everything, <laughs> so you need to be more fucking specific. You can't say everything when you don't mean everything. Well, I mean, we would outline it before it got to that point, but I would be like, all right, well, don't slap me that hard and maybe not in my clothes. I like my clothes. Like, I'm pretty, like, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> But what if they're like, oh, I'm specifically into fucking with the door open. Do not, I would like your apartment door to be open. Yeah. I would love for one of your neighbors to walk past. And you're like, well, I'm not comfortable with that. He's like, well, you said everything. So now- <laughs> We have a fucking problem. You said everything. It's true, but I make them. Cl I make them narrow it down before they come over. Okay, so got it, they got, got to narrow it down. But I'm pretty open. Like, if you want to fuck with the door open, I, I probably all right. But we're gonna do it your apartment. We're not gonna do it my apartment. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Like, there's a negotiation to be had here. It's not just okay, you know I one thing you. or the other. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Have you bought any new sex toys during COVID? Like, are you a sex toys guy? I'm, I'm not really. No, I'm not really. I mean, I, um, I, I, whenever you do gigs as drag queen, you just every once in a while end up with a goodie bag full of sex toys. It just right. kind of happens at like a pride gig or, or something. You'll just yeah. get a goodie bag full of sex toys. So during, um, at one point during, I had like a week during COVID when I was still living in New York city, when I was um, using a flashlight for the first time ever, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try this. Mm -hmm. I, I did like maybe like for like a week, like three times in one week, and then I was kind of like, this is just, um, it's just too much uh, cleanup. I feel like a, I feel like sex toys for uh, people with penises are a little bit too much cleanup, whereas a sex toy for a person with a vagina, to me, seems like you kind of just wipe it down, rinse and it then off, it's good. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, this fucking flesh, you have to, like, turn it inside out. It's a whole, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think that's what I would end up buying, would be a flesh jack. I'm not, like, a dildo guy. Like, if I'm going to put something in my ass, I want it to be attached to a person, I think. Yeah. So, I... Well, I guess it depends on if you want... Some people want them while, like, some people will put stuff in their butts, like a butt plug or something, while they're doing other stuff, too. Oh, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know, but I haven't. I think I think Corona is here for a little while longer while we roll out this vaccine. So I have some time to yeah. uh, to, to plug it up, explore. Yeah, exactly. To figure this out. Plug it up, Sean. Plug it up. <laughs> All right. So if you will indulge me, I want to play a quick game, a few rounds of uh, a game similar to Mary Fuck Kill. Um, but I don't love kill because it's too violent. So we're gonna do Mary. So we'll, fuck. we'll say Mary fuck murder. Oh wait, is that not? <laughs> no, is that not good? Mary, Mary, Mary fuck, fuck violently murder. Mary fuck um leave on red. Leave on red. Who are you gonna okay. leave on red? All right. So are you down to play Mary fuck leave on red? All right. I wish this. I wish I had a band because then they could play like a little intro music to. But I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mary fuck, leave on red. <laughs> That's perfect, because Paul Schaefer hasn't returned my calls. Um, all right, so the first round is Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm. Joe Biden, mm-hmm. and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> God, I want to marry Bernie Sanders. Oh, my God, my sweet, sweet Bernie. Love Bernie. Are Love. you a Bernie bro? I mean, not a Bernie bro. I, that's a negative connotation. Right, Bernie right, bro right. You're right. Cost us the election last. You're right. You're last, right. That's it. Time. Does have a very negative. But were you? Was he your guy? Were you? Yes, I, I voted for okay. Bernie in both primaries, uh, 2016 okay. and 2020. Okay. Um, but I quickly shifted my vote after that. Um, I'm gonna marry Bernie Sanders. I'm gonna fuck um, uh, Joe Biden. And I'm going to violently murder Pete Buttigieg. I couldn't say leave on red. I'm sorry. I just. You heard it here. Sean wants me to violently (laughs) murder Pete Buttigieg. No, I'm going to leave Pete Buttigieg on red. Okay. All right. Um, I, Joe Biden, um, I'm so glad he's our president, um, but he wasn't my choice in the primary either. I was a Elizabeth Warren guy. Um, I love when Elizabeth Warren realized that she was not going to get elected and she left the fucking debate throwing Molotov cocktails in every direction. Yeah. The moment she realized she wasn't gonna win, she said, All right, I'm not gonna win, but I fucking promise you that it's not gonna be uh was it Cuomo she went she took down? No, um oh, uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Oh my God. She was like like, I'm not gonna win, but I fucking promise you it won't be Bloomberg. Yeah, that and I they mean. they went and put his death date on Wikipedia yeah. for the debate. I'm I love that. I'm not gonna win, but I know who else won't fucking win. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, now, now, I think if you fuck Joe Biden, I think he would pass away. I don't think he has it. In him. I love that you think Bernie Sanders would do any better. <laughs> I, I, I mean, out of the three of them, quite frankly, I do think that. Um, that Pete Buttigieg is probably the, the hottest of them. Yeah. But that's also probably just a little bit of ageism in me. You know what I mean? I do think that young uh, Joe Biden was hotter than young Pete Buttigieg. Oh, hell yeah. Young Joe Biden could get it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And honestly, young Bernie Sanders was cute too. There's something about Pete that makes me like just, just a little, I, don't, I can't put my finger on it. It's just slightly uncomfortable. He strikes me as a gay who doesn't understand why people go to circuit parties. <laughs> yeah. But, like, why would you all go, like, like he strikes me as, like, the gay who, like, really wants a family and just doesn't understand why other gays don't. Yeah. That's what, that's, what, that's what she gives off. This is, like, very archaic and just not, you know, PC of me at all, but I just can't picture him sexually. Like, and I, for some reason, that bothers me. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I, I love that you can see, um, 
you can see Joe Biden sexual, but you just cannot see it for Buttigieg. I, I can't young Joe Biden, but also I don't care so much about straight people's sex lives. I just assume they're boring. <laughs> but like Pete, I'm like, what are you guys doing? What like what are what well, are you I doing? I think that that's right. I think that Pete Buttigieg has certainly and intentionally um, desexualized himself, being a very public gay man. And I think that a big part of his uh, his coming out as a gay man and being a political figure is not having any sexualization so that people will be like, not the gross kind of gay, like the kind right. of gays who have sex. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, that's, ve that's very perceptive. I just think I want, if we're going to have a first gay president one day, I want it to be like someone that is as cool as like our first black president. Do you know what I mean? You want someone to go into the presidency purse first. You really want Yes. Her. Yes, <laughs> I really do. I like, do. I really just want them to be able to win at like a uh, Golden Girl scene it. <laughs> right, right. Like winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season 27 and president of the United States. <laughs> like I just Exactly. Okay, Mary fuck Levon Red. Um the Saunderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. Did you say Saunderson sisters? <laughs> That's so formal. The Sanderson sisters. Is it Sanderson? Saunderson? I, I'm pretty sure it's Sanderson, but you might oh. be right. Don't listen. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I'm going to marry Mary. I mean, uh, uh, the, you know, Bette Midler. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to uh, fuck um, Kathy and Jimmy. Oh. And I'm going to leave Sarah Jessica Parker on red. She was a little too ditzy for me. Yeah, she's very ditzy in that one. Actually, I'm going to marry marry Kathy and Jimmy, fuck Beth Midler, and leave Sarah Jessica Parker on red. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like that would be fun. <laughs> and I'm going to, yeah, instead of saying leave on red, I'm going to turn Sarah Jessica Parker into stone. How there you that? go. <laughs> um, another one, political. I'm going to um, AOC, Warren, and Pelosi. We're gonna go with the ladies one. Wait, sorry, you're, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry. Um, let's do a, a ladies one. AOC, Elizabeth Warren, and Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I love that you're saying it as if um, the Senators and sisters aren't ladies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I differentiated that. I guess it's a political ladies. <laughs> You're like, they're women, but they ain't no ladies. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to probably um, AOC. I'm definitely fucking AOC, like 100. Yeah. And then we have Nancy Pelosi and who else? Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Mm, I'm going to marry Elizabeth Warren. We have to leave Nancy Pelosi on red. Yeah. And there's no tea against Pelosi, but I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what's going to be. Yeah. Um, last, last one, um, the judges of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, RuPaul, Michelle Visage, uh, and we'll go with, uh, Ross Matthews. Ross Matthews. Wow. Whether or not you said Ross or, um, Carson would have, that, that would have, they could have all changed anything. I was deciding at the last minute what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm going to maybe fuck RuPaul. Okay. Mary, Mary, uh, Ross Matthews, and I'm gonna have to uh, uh, leave Michelle Visage on red. Okay, all right. This has been Mary Fuck Leave on Red with Bob the Drag Queen. Thank you so much for or, playing. Maybe instead of Leave on Red, you should change to each time. 
Like, I'm going to marry RuPaul. I'm going to ma- fuck RuPaul, marry uh, Ross Matthews, and then I'm going to uh, leave Michelle Visage in the trash can like she did her titties two seasons ago. <laughs> we could change it up every 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 segment. That'd be good. Like, I love turning one of the sentences into stone. I love... Yeah. Uh, um, uh, maybe someone loses the primaries in the in the political one. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's do it. Let, all right. We will. I'll take it back. We'll do one more. RuPaul, Michelle, or Carson. We Carson. will change it up. We'll we'll double down. Yes. Then and that maybe I'll fuck Carson Cressley, marry RuPaul, and then same with Michelle. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Now speaking. No, I'm still gonna yeah. fuck RuPaul. No, nope, still the same. Okay. I'm still gonna... Yeah. All right. What is what's your relationship like with RuPaul now in the franchise? Because I know you host Pit Stop, but I wonder, like, once you leave the show, it's like you're graduating almost. Like you've won. You can't. You know. I mean, you, I guess you could do an All Stars. Um, Are you saying but, my relationship with Drag Race or with RuPaul? With, yeah, with RuPaul in the franchise, like a two part question. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't really have a relationship with RuPaul. I mean, uh, I don't see RuPaul. We don't text or tweet or dm each other right um i see rupaul at events and that's that is our relationship last time i saw rupaul was at uh, dragcon uk she walked by me and said hi i said hi to her and the last time i saw before that was at dragcon new york and she looked at me and said bob i love your outfit it's very ethnic today I love that. I love that. Um, and w- in terms of RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, I-, I did host the Pit Stop, which is more about my relationship with uh, Viacom than it is my relationship. So I don't know if you all know this or not, but this is how it works to everyone listening. The Pit Stop is not produced by RuPaul's Drag Race. I need to make that clear. It's not produced okay. by World of Wonder. Okay. It is produced by um, Viacom. It is a Viacom show. I didn't know this. Yes, it is. It is a Viacom show. So RuPaul's Drag Race, it would have been on the Viacom page, but Drag Race is such a popular show that they have their own YouTube page now. It's separate than the rest of the Viacom page. Um, So that is why it's not on like the VH1 page. It's on the the RuPaul's Drag Race page. That is owned by Viacom. Mm -hmm. Um, And my relationship with World of Wonder, so I guess if you ask my relationship with World of Wonder, basically, um, I mean, they, I've never been, I mean, I've won Drag Race, so I don't get called to do to compete ever again, but every once in a while they'll call me for like specials or or stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's why they call me for the super super secret celebrity drag race, which was, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun. What did you think of the feedback from the fandom on that show? It was really backwards. I mean, some of the fans were like, I hate this. And part of me was like, well then don't watch it. Like who cares if you don't like who honestly, like, Screaming, I hate this is so weird. I'm like, just don't watch it. It'd be so easy yeah. to just not watch, it, you know? Um, and I feel like the people who watched it were like, oh, that's actually pretty cute. Yeah, it was cute. You I, had... Had, I had fun doing it. And yeah. people are always begging for an opportunity to see your favorite drag race queens in a, in a setting where we're not competing. And then finally it's given. And people are like, I hate it. And I'm like, you finally get a chance to see me and Trixie and Monet on one episode and no one's competing and you don't like it. All right, go off. Right, right. (laughs) And you had Alex Newell, who was great, right? I love Alex Newell. I 
love Osnol. Yeah, that was that was great. I love the Vanessa Williams episode too. Like Vanessa Williams oh, so came so to play when she if was, was taking her hair out. Oh my god, she was like she came to play. I love if that. I was the other girls. I would have immediately turned around and left. But, I would have been like, "Can I be on your team? Like, what are we gonna do?" <laughs> You're Vanessa Williams. You literally, you're Miss America. Completely. I feel like she was the winner of that whole series. Yeah. Uh, because course. everyone was, they were, they were stars, but she's like a legend. <laughs> like, and she took it seriously. Like she was like, I'm really competing. <laughs> she's yeah. like, Bitch, I'm competing. Let's do this. That's what I loved is she came to play. And sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with somebody that is that legendary. You don't know. Like yeah. they, you know, they might be like, okay, I'm going to participate, but in this or that way, she came to play. Play, and well, I that's the that. reason why she's one of the best is probably because she's fucking like she takes things serious. Like when she shows up yeah. to work, bitch, she shows up to fucking work. Right. That is the reason why she's a big fucking deal. Yes. Yeah. That everyone that Oprah would call that a tweetable moment, right there, because yeah, anyone that's trying to hustle and do something, that's it. that's it. That's the key. Is like you got to show up to play. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I, what do you think about drag becoming more mainstream right now with shows like RuPaul's Drag Race sort of crossing over out of the queer community now that it's on VH1? It's picking up a lot, lot more mainstream. Um, you guys are on HBO. I think a lot of people are going to probably uh, tap into that that aren't necessarily in our community. Do you think that that's um, – are is there a rose and a thorn to that? I think we deserve it. Um, yeah. I think I'm not I'm not a hipster. You know, folks who are like, I knew them. Before. I I like this band before they got big. Like <laughs> yeah. someone else liking something does not diminish its value. Yeah. Like, you know, when people are like, I love this song. but They played it too much. The song doesn't get less good when it's played more. Right. And if you're and if you are valuing the song less because more people like it, then I feel like you were more in the cult of what the song was than you were the actual song itself. Right, right, yeah. I, so, and, 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 and I don't think that more people doing drag diminishes my drag right. at all. Right. I think that more drag queens actually amplify my drag and make it better. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Great answer. I love that. Um, I want to talk about something I heard about you recently. You are producing a podcast about the complete works of Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, it is a it is it is a long work in the progress because I like I like to I'm talking with other with people who are on who are involved in each film in some yes. way. Yeah. And some of these films are old and hard to find people who know how to Skype and know how to like <laughs> use the use Zoom and stuff. And right, because right, right. it's you know it's 2020, everything's having to be done remotely. Yeah. But I am working on no one knows about this. Wow. I am working on a podcast I called did my Become research. <laughs> where, did you, where did you find that at? I That's can't so tell funny. you it's a secret. <laughs> I am working on a podcast called The Complete Works of Whoopi Goldberg, where I watch every single film that Whoopi Goldberg has ever done, and I'm very excited to announce that by the time it's done, hopefully I'll be also watching Sister Act 3 because they just announced that they're, that it's in the works. Yes. I, I think by the time you're done, because it's going to take you a while to get through all of those films. It's um, over, there's over 80 films. There's almost whoa. 90. Oh, that's like years worth of podcast content. That's two years. That <laughs> that's two amazing. Years. I'm obsessed with that. I know that um, Nicole Byer, who I love, is also obsessed with Whoopi. So I hope that you'll have her on 
um, she cracks me up because we have the same favorite Whoopi movie. So if you need some random podcaster from New York City, I'm also available to talk about Eddie. Oh, masterpiece that is Eddie. (laughs) So you talking about Eddie, baby? You ain't seen nothing. I mean, (laughs) listen. Some I've watched some of these early movies are so insane. Yeah. If, yep. honestly, I'm just, I was say that if you haven't watched Clara's Heart, you got to go back and watch it. That's all I want to say. Okay. You have not watched Clara's Heart, I which I didn't it. even know about until yeah. I. This is the movie where Whoopi Goldberg and young uh, Neil Patrick Harris. What? <laughs> wild. I definitely need to put. I'm putting that on my list for sure. Yeah. What I love about Eddie is it has no business being a great film. Like it's just if you to, if you like showed me that on paper, I would be like. Okay, but it is so charming and endearing. It's one of my favorites. I watched it so I watched it on VHS when I was a kid, which is wild because I'm not even old enough to have VHSs. But... Are you also familiar with uh, Theodore Rex? No. Oh my god, I don't even know. The movie Whoopi's got some crazy movies. Theodore That's... Rex was a cop buddy film. Okay. And Whoopi Goldberg, her cop partner, is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, it's not. <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you. Not you. I wouldn't lie to you, Sean. Not you. I. That, that's why I can't wait for this podcast because I'm just I love her and I think it's going to be great to highlight some of these. She's in some of the Star Trek ones too, right? Because she had that role on Star Trek. I don't know if she's in the Star Trek movies, but I'll find out by the time I get there. I mean, a lot of these movies I've never even heard of. I think, she's, and I'm a and I'm a massive Whoopi fan. My dad. When this know, is all but, said and done, yeah. I will be the foremost. Whoopi Goldberg expert in the fucking world. I think you definitely will. Yeah, I I think she's in at least one Star Trek movie. So get ready. I'm excited. <laughs> she's gonna. Yeah. Um. Oh my god, I can't wait for that podcast. Uh. And again, if you need somebody to talk about Eddie, here I am. Um. <laughs> so just to wrap us up. Um. Now that this will actually air in January on my birthday, as a matter of fact. Oh, well, happy uh, birthday to thank you. you. How, thank how old you. will you be? I'm going to, uh, I'm, I count my birthdays the same way Mariah Carey does. So we will be celebrating once again, my 29th birthday, um, the anniversary. Wait, does Mariah Carey just keep counting at 29 over and over again? Just anniversaries, darling. Anniversaries. We don't, oh, the 29th yeah. anniversary. It's oh just, an, it's their anniversaries. They're not birthdays and we don't get any older. <laughs> lovely. That's absolutely lovely. 29, you're, you're such a sweet little young 29. A sweet little kinky 29 who loves the divas. Exactly. Exactly. And Lucille Ball said. One diva, who would it be? If I could what? Hook up with one diva, who would it be? Mm, that's a great question. It would be Janet. Janet. One time I got almost booed out of a um out of a gay bar in Chelsea. Yeah. Really? What do you mean? Because I was requesting songs and someone requested a Janet Jackson song and I said out loud, I don't really like that song. And they all just started booing me. Oh my God. I mean, she's one of the queens of our community so you have all, to all i said was i don't really like that i didn't say janet jackson is a bitch and deserves it all i said was i don't yeah. really like that song yeah. child you would have thought i called someone's mama a faggot like they really 
I think I say I go to Janet because um, I think she's also kinky. Like she's she's a little bit of a freak, I, and I love that about her. Is she still married to that guy? You know, for a while she married this guy, and then she would she she even had to at one point I think like her she couldn't work with her lifelong makeup artist anymore because she, he was a man and she was wearing um, hijabs and like not yeah. showing. His no, no, she's done with him. I don't know if they're divorced legally, but they're separated. And she lives is she in back London. To showing skin? What's that? Is she back to showing skin? Y- little by little. She showed a little bit of stomach on Instagram the other day. But she was supposed oh. to have a whole tour and new new music this year. And she put it all on pause because, well, last year when this comes out. She put it on pause because of COVID. So, um, yeah, we're hoping that uh, we get more Janet soon. But it would probably be J-Lo. Because when I saw that movie, um, Hustlers, I was really turned on in a way that women usually do not turn me on. Like, I had questions that I don't usually think about women. <laughs> like, I mean, J-Lo is built like a fucking brick shit house. I mean, yeah. she is insane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so final question. We're in a new year, technically. What are you looking forward to this year knowing that half of it will probably still be indoors, but um, is, do you have a, a resolution or, you know, something you're putting out into the universe for this year? Well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really like, I am just looking forward to this vaccine. I want, I want this back. I want, listen, I'm telling you right now, I think the vaccine should be mandatory. Yeah. I, I say make it airborne, fucking put it in a crop duster and drive <laughs> from fucking Tallahassee to Seattle, from San Diego up to fucking Portland, Maine. Yeah. Crop dust this fucking country, <laughs> put it in our food, put it in our fucking, make, get it through TV, make it go through my brain. I want this fucking vaccine. I'm going to take three of them. <laughs> I'm getting three vaccines I don't, in case the first two don't take. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. Um, this has been such a pleasure. I so appreciate you being here. Like I said, um, you know, you're one of my favorite people. I love to follow your career. I think you're so funny. Um, what, uh, where can people find more of you? Uh, what do you want to plug? We talked about the comedy special. Are there other things you want people to check out? You can always go to bobbedirectly.com. Um, that's where you can find all my stuff. Go to bobbedirectly.com. Check out my YouTube page. We've been releasing a YouTube video every Friday uh, for a couple of months now. We're doing a pretty good job. And I've also been reviewing the show Slag Wars. Uh, Slag Wars is a great... Are you familiar with Slag Wars? I saw this on your Instagram and I w- and I I regretted that I hadn't dug into it yet, but I need to. I need- hey, listen, if you're a kinky motherfucker and you want to see some great stuff, go to Slag Wars. It's not super kinky, to be honest, but yeah. it's... it's it's a show hosted by the Cock Destroyers, and it's really great. So, oh like, my, go yeah, check it, it out. looks so funny. It looks so funny. I have a friend yeah. that just is obsessed with the Cock Destroyers. So maybe, yeah. they're going to love Slag Wars. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. it's available at slagwars.com. It's it's free. It's, it's free. absolutely free, and they don't pay me to say this. This is not paid. This is not. No one asked me to do this. I just really like the show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll I'll check it out, and then I'll watch your recaps on on youtube and check those out thank you so much for being here uh you can find me on instagram at sean l show on twitter at sean l show the after hours twitter is sls underscore after hours uh for those that want that and uh well what's the after hour what is that Uh, it's the after hours i curate my favorite porn for you i don't have an only fans but i will i'll i just uh retweet my favorite porn on the after hours Are are you are you in there 
No, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not in the porn. I don't have an OnlyFans or anything. Um, you don't make any appearances. In I don't this, make uh, any. I don't make any appearance in the. You know, maybe so, if so, if somebody would pay for it, I probably would. You know? Listen, y'all. If you are, and also Sean is an eligible bachelor looking for some fun. If you are interested in peeing in him when his clothes are off and <laughs> fucking with the door open at your apartment, not his. And you want someone who is versatile. Uh, I think I found the guy for you. Thank you. That's a great endorsement. Like, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to find a way to put that on my dating profile. Are you looking to get laid or are you looking to, like, get loved? Both. But I have ADD for getting loved. Like, I go on dating profiles and then I just, I can't keep up with the conversation. I forget to check it for five days and then I'm like, oh, hey, like, how was your week? Like, I'm the, I'm the fucking worst. What's up? You think you'd be open to finding it or no, a, open like a relationship? I think I would at this time in my life. I don't know that. I don't know. It would depend on the person, but I think I would work. Yeah. Do you know someone here that you're thinking of <laughs> in the New York area? I mean, I know tons of, uh, I know. I don't know. any. I, I don't, I barely know any couples in New York. Everyone in New York City is single. Like New York is the place you go because you're focusing so much on your career that you can't be bothered to actually, you know, show love to anyone who's not yourself. Right. Which is what I, which is what I've been doing. I'm awful on dating on date. I find great guys and I start a conversation and just completely ghost them and and never get back to it. So I I'm terrible at that. I want to add that if you also don't mind being fully ghosted for months at a time, then please (laughs) hit up Sean. No, I, I'm trying to do better. I, it's my New Year's resolution. I'm trying not to ghost people. Just, right, just I'm go. trying to just do the marry and fuck part, not the leave on red part. Got it, got <laughs> it. Not the violent murder part, got it. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. This is so fun. Thank you so much for being here, and um, we will see you soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. Peace.